John chapter 13. Mona, I love how you left the hammer up here too. You are just a gift that keeps on giving. As we go into John 13 today, we are continuing back in a series which we ended It might have been at the end of last year as we got into the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas season, and then we got into a new series with the new year, and then another holiday with Easter and Palm Sunday, and then we had another new series. Well, we're trying to get back to our original series, which is John, Believe and Live. And as we look to John, we see Christ. You cannot read the book of John and not see Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And as we see Jesus' life, when we look to it, we continue to think, how shall we live as we see how Jesus lives? I say lives because we need to be careful. Not just say lived because Jesus is still alive. He rose victoriously from the grave. You know, I almost moved communion to the end of service today. As this sermon just goes so wonderfully with communion. You see, in communion, we are remembering Jesus. We're remembering Christ. We're remembering what he did upon that cross for us. Well, today we remember Christ in his servanthood. Remember that Christ, our Lord, is not just a Lord which ranks over us, but he also is a servant Lord who has served us and served us greatly. As we remember Christ, not just in communion, but looking to his life, we see how his entire life was devoted to serving us. In Mark 10, 45, we read, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For many. Notice that word, many. It wasn't just for his disciples, just for his close 12, his apostles. It was for the many, all those who would follow after him. Jesus came to serve, and we also must serve like Jesus. In fact, our lives should be completely, 100% devoted to imitating our servant, Lord Jesus, in how we live. We should be humble servants also. As we talk about this, before we read the scripture, I just want to point out this point, and we're going to talk about this more after reading the scripture. And then all of our points today are about servanthood. How do we serve like our servant, Lord Jesus? But first, you must recognize, serving is not just about serving yourself. Serving is not just about serving yourself. We'll talk about this more in a moment. John chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Please follow along in your Bibles. If you don't have one, you can open up one in front of you. If you don't have one at home or in your life and you don't have the ability to buy one, please take it with you. We will replace it. We want you to have the word of God. Let's read now. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had Come to depart out of this world to the Father. And we'll talk about this near the, near the end of the sermon. But again, this is coming close where the very next day, Jesus would be going to the cross. These are some of the final moments of his life. This is how he chooses to spend his final moments. When Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father... Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Such important things to notice. He loved them to the end. The end is coming, and he still loves them. 
Jesus had loved his disciples. He led them, he taught them, he cared for them, he protected them. And here he will serve them. Verse 2, reading forward, it says, During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. I want to point out, as I read one commentator pointing out powerfully here, that Jesus himself is doing all the actions here. He could have been like a pastor that just uses an illustration and says, I want you to think about a man that was at a supper with some people, and he rose from... Jesus didn't just give an illustration, he didn't just talk about it, he was doing it. He also didn't tell somebody else to do it. As I could have said, Mr. Brian, can you please help me with this illustration? Or Mr. Tim, he could have passed, on, passed it on to somebody else. But no, Jesus, the true master and Lord of all, he rises from supper himself. He lays aside his outer garments and he takes a towel and ties it around his waist. I can imagine the disciples, his apostles at this moment saying, what is going on? Why is the master raising from the table? Why is he removing his outer garments? Why is he tying a towel? And maybe they did know, because to some extent, there was a tradition of washing your feet as you walked into the house. And maybe they're all of a sudden realizing, wait, we, are too, we were too busy examining our greatness and, thinking, and not humbling ourselves, not thinking about one another to wash one another's feet. We were too busy thinking about these things to ever actually do what we should be doing. So maybe the moment they saw Jesus raised, they thought, is he about to do what I think he's about to do? No, there's no way. Jesus, our Lord, he wouldn't do this. But he does. Let's read forward. Taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? I think Peter was just baffled. Why would you be washing my feet? Are you really about to do this? I mean, he obviously knew for Jesus was going around the table. And Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my... Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And then Simon answered, Simon Peter, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. In essence saying, wash me completely. For he wanted that, his share. Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Verse 12, if you're catching up. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. 
If I, then your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you who do them, if you do them. So getting straight into the message today, how does one serve like Jesus? How does one imitate our Lord Jesus when the first step in this is recognizing, if I can find my notes, number one, Jesus is a servant Lord. He serves. Jesus served others, and so should we. We should serve like Jesus. We should serve others. And in serving, we need to recognize that it's not just about serving ourselves. I said we'd talk a little bit about this. I wrote down, serving is not like a buffet where you just dish up your own plate. I can think of my mom, and maybe you guys can too, as you're as you were at a Thanksgiving dinner or as you were at a meal and as you were growing up, I think of my mom one time or sometimes just saying, just dish yourself up. Just dish yourself up. It's okay. Just dish yourself up. You know, then I think of when I started dating my wife, I learned a hard lesson. Even if the host or your mom in that case says, just go ahead and dish yourself up, you should wait for mom to be seated. Wait for the host to be seated. You see, I thought about that. I thought this service thing is not just about caring for ourselves. It's about caring for others. It's making sure that others are being served just as you want to be served. We focus so much on ourselves. Every day we think about me, me, me. And we need to think more about you, you, you. Think about the others around us. For we should be willing to ransom our life for the many. That's what Christ did. God was thinking about us when he sent Jesus. How we needed served. We needed service. And he gave us the best service ever. Here's one idea of how we do this. We serve all, not just the worthy. Again, a very biblical example as we see from, and where he spoke about was communion. God did not just send Christ for the, for the worthy. Jesus served the many. He served the crowds. He served the individuals. He served the unrighteous and the, well, the self-righteous. For none are righteous. None are worthy. Christ served all sinners, and so should we serve. Serve like Jesus by humbly serving all. Here in John chapter 13, we see Jesus. After serving all, after ministering to the many crowds, he starts to bring things in. And he's now in this private ministry in the, in the final moments of his life where he says, I need to teach these few what to do in my name, what to carry on, how to continue to live. There was enough Pharisees, there were enough religious leaders living in their own glory. They needed to go low and be humbled. So how do we humble ourselves as Jesus did here? As I said, number one, was recognizing that Jesus was a servant Lord. Number two, secondly, we must also see, just as Jesus did, we must be willing to get down and dirty. Get down and dirty. 
To imitate Christ, we must be willing to get down and dirty, to do the hard things, to do the awkward moments of life, to not just do the mundane things, but do the powerful, impactful things in people's lives. You see, I hope you realize when you guys were holding hands during communion, that was awkward. It was, but it was impactful because somebody's hand you held might have felt alone right now. And you're able to show them they are not alone. <clears throat> so we're doing the hard things in life. We lay down our life. We, de- we lay down our pride. We de- lay down our wants for others. We get down and dirty to wash feet. That's what Jesus does here. The act of washing feet was normally reserved for the lowliest of low, the servants of the house, Because to wash the disciples' feet or anybody's feet would be a very dirty job. I wrote down, your feet may be sweaty, achy, stinky. Tim, I was going to have you come up here and I was going to have you help illustrate this. I don't know if your feet would have been dirty, stinky, or sweaty, but I decided not to. I think you all can just visualize Tim's, no, your feet. Here's my point. The disciples' feet, feet back then, they reserved this right, <clears throat> this job for the lowliest of low because their feet were not like our feet. If you take your shoes off right now, I bet they're clean. Very few of us would even have a callus or a blister. Tim might, because he's been working really hard out there with some friends too. But back then, they would be dirty, they would be muddy, they would be, they would be calloused and blistered. They would be walking in streets full of You can imagine the stuff. Animals were walking the streets. I'm not talking about people. Jesus, the master, the teacher, our humble servant Lord, he got down and dirty. He did the awkward. He did the hard things to serve his servants, radically flipping the ideals of the time. And I ask us to consider how can we radically flip the ideals of this time if we're willing to get down and dirty metaphorically and do the hard things for Christ. To become a servant-led individual, just like Jesus. The servants were expected to serve the master, not the other way around. But we see Jesus here. He gets down and he does it himself because the disciples, they were too busy probably arguing on who was the best to even consider getting down to show who was the worst or to show who was the most humbled, or who could get the lowest. Jesus' entire life was characterized by, by service, and we should serve just like him. Jesus would even wash the feet of Judas, and he knew he would be the betrayer. We're not called just to wash certain people's feet, to serve certain people, to humble our lives for certain people. We're called to humble our lives for many, just like Christ. Christ, he humbly cleanses all. Let's talk about this. To serve others requires getting down and dirty. And sometimes this means serving someone we don't like or persuading others to allow them to let us serve them. That's another part of humility, allowing other people to serve you. I'm one of those guys, maybe some of you are in here too, who it's very hard to accept help from others because you want to be, always be the one giving the help. But by you not accepting the help, you might be preventing that person from being blessed in service by humbly stepping down as Christ did 
And you might also be preventing yourself from receiving grace that God's already reserved for you to attain. Peter himself tried to deny Jesus. And Jesus had to persuade him. In verse 6 he says, He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. You see, Jesus would do what it took to convince him to tell him why he needed it. And I think of ourselves, we so often get a cop out. We, we say we want to help somebody. Let's use the topic of moving. That's on many's do not do list. We know people who don't like to help people move. How often do we say, hey, I can help you move. And the moment somebody says, oh, no, no, that's okay. Great. And we run. Instead of going all the way and persuading them, telling them why they need our help. You know, we do the same thing in our faith. We want to think that we tell people about how they need Jesus. But the moment they say, no, no, I'm good. I'm doing things on my own. We say, okay. Instead of truly explaining to them why they need Jesus. That's number three here. Number three here is in imitating our servant Lord, we must serve others not just physically, but spiritually. It's so easy to fulfill the needs of people physically, but stay so up here in the shallow end that we never go to the deep end and as we're serving them physically say, you know what's better than this? How Jesus served us not just physically, but spiritually restoring relationship with God by dying on our behalf, taking our sins upon himself so that we could be redeemed. When was the last time you considered Jesus? Jesus had a purpose behind washing these feet. It was a physical service to show a spiritual need. And we too can use physical service to others to show spiritual needs in their life. I want to say that again. In case you didn't hear it or in case you're taking notes, and maybe you should write this down. We too can use physical service to show people a spiritual need. All we need to do is slow down long enough to think about it and to do it. Jesus' humiliating death upon the cross is what makes spiritual cleansing possible. His physical work upon that cross provided a spiritual cleansing, which we could never do ourselves. The actions of Jesus would help show that their lives and our lives, all of our lives are dirty. We all have muddy, stinky, dirty lives filled with sin. It's not just our feet. It's our lives. And we must be washed clean. That's what Jesus is illustrating to them. But you know, no pail of water, no rag... No tub of water would do it. The only thing which wipes away our sins, our dirtiness, is Christ. We need Jesus to cleanse us. Jesus tells Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Jesus washing the disciples' feet helps to show them that only he can take away the sin of the world. How do we live with this? How do we show this in our life? Pastor John Piper once said, the mark of a completely clean disciple is that they hate their daily shortcomings so much that they come to Christ daily for cleansing, for foot washing. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive and cleanse. 
It's not that we need to come to him daily. He wipes our sins away forever in that moment, but we still should come to him, recognizing our faults and seeking his love, his grace, his mercy. First John, I'm sorry, verse 1 of John 13 says, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I wrote this down as I wanted us to, as we start to wrap up, to focus on these ending moments of Christ's life. You see, in a few short hours, most commentators believe somewhere between 15 and 18 hours, our Lord Jesus would be suspended between the sky and the earth, as one commentator put it, as the the sin bearer of mankind. Before the sun set again, he would breathe his last tortured breath. And despite this, he spent his final moments with his apostles, serving them. At this critical moment, at this evening before the torturous moment of the cross, Jesus doesn't think of himself. He thinks about his disciples. How might we think about our people in our life that God's divinely placed in us? And number four, that final point here, imitate our servant, Lord Jesus, in this. Don't just serve others in the good times of life, in the sunshine of great days, but serve others even in the darkest times of your life as well. I believe God greatly blesses you when you serve others, and I believe we will greatly bless others in doing such. God is glorified in this. But as I wrap up, I want you to see, Jesus went low. He humbly served. Jesus loved and served till the end, and even in the end, Jesus went to his knees to wash the feet of others. Dirty, muddy, dusty, stinky feet. But Jesus didn't stop here. Jesus went lower. Jesus laid down his life as a ransom for the many. Just as Jesus didn't just talk about washing feet, he didn't just tell somebody else to help him illustrate this. He did it himself. He also went to the cross himself. He died so that all might find help, not just physically, not just emotionally, but spiritually, so that all might be redeemed and saved and peace restored between them and Father God in heaven. I'm going to wrap up. I want to challenge you with this. As we serve our families, our church, our communities, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, but not just brothers and sisters in Christ, but those who need Christ, I ask you to be challenged by that Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. As you imitate Christ, his servant-led example, which we have given to us, I ask you to consider, how are you serving others? Are you getting down and dirty, doing the hard things, the awkward things? Are you humbling yourself to help others? Jesus says in verse 15 of John 10, I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. You see, if we are to count ourselves as followers of Christ, there must be humble service in our lives. We must be imitating our servant, Lord Jesus. One pastor stated, the church has received the essential cleansing by him and the forgiveness of sins, but we can help take away the day-by-day dirt of the world by humbly serving each other. Let's do our part. And in our service, in our love, in our kindness, 
that we do as we get to our knees and get dirty and do the hard things. Pray that people are not seeing your love. They're seeing the love of Jesus that you've received and you have in your life. Jesus came triumphantly to serve. I pray that we would also humbly serve others. Let's pray and we'll close in one short chorus. Lord, we thank you for sending us Jesus. We thank you for seeing that Jesus came not just to be served, but to serve. And Lord, as we consider Jesus in all his glory and all his power and all his greatness, showing us such great kindness and love and mercy and service, may we not consider ourselves more mighty, but may we go low, get low, and be humbled to serve others just as not just we would want to be served, but as Jesus served. Lord, thank you for the life we have in him, the forever mercy and grace and love. Thank you for the grace you've bestowed upon us, Lord. Thank you for the hope and joy we now live with. And I just pray that we would look for opportunities to use the physical things of this world to show people the spiritual things of which Jesus can accomplish through humble service, through love, through kindness. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All people